Okay, good morning everybody. Today's daf is Baba Kama daf Kuf Yud Aleph. We are holding on daf Kuf Yud Amid Beis at the two dots, about six lines from the end of the page. Uh, Today's share is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children, Adeline Nishmas' mother, Goldabah Simcha Shalom, and also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Claudius Yisrael in these times, and Atzlacha for our soldiers and for our captives, and also for, for Shalema for Shabta Yosef Halevi Ben Basia, who's having surgery today. We thank all of the sponsors very much for the sponsorship. First thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to have four different applications of the principle of a daita dahachilo avid, that if a person would have realized what's going to be, he never would have entered into a particular agreement uh, to begin with, a particular commitment to begin with. So the Gemara is going to, going to see in four different contexts whether we can apply that principle. Then the Gemara is going to discuss if the carbon was given to an earlier mishmar and the kesef to a later mishmar. Again, going back to the discussion of gezala ger, where a person stole from a ger, the ger doesn't have yorshim, the ger dropped dead, so you're supposed to give it to the kohanim, but you're also supposed to bring a carbon, so the money is supposed to be paid first, and then the carbon is brought. What if you gave the carbon to an earlier mishmar and the kesef to a later mishmar? So there's a machlokas tanaim, does the mishmar that received the kesef hand that kesef over to the earlier mishmar that received the carbon, or vice versa, the earlier mishmar that received the carbon hand the carbon over to the later mishmar that received that kesef. The Gemara is going to quote three brisos within Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Then the Gemara is going to say, well, wait a second. How do I know this whole din that the money has to be paid before the carbon is brought? It seems to be the assumption of everything we've been saying in the entire sugya that you got to pay first and only then bring the carbon. Where does it say that? And then the Gemara is going to compare the idea of uh, paying the money before bringing the carbon when it comes to Gezel Ager to, to a similar halacha when it comes to Me'ila. If a person violates Me'ila, they also have to pay back money and the Chomesh and bring a Karban. So Gemara is going to show that by Me'ila we also have this rule that the money needs to be paid back before the Karban and also that the Chomesh is not Ma'akev, that although the Karen has to be paid back before the Karban, if you didn't pay back the extra Chomesh before the Karban, that's not Ma'akev. And then Hashem, we're going to begin the tenth and final parak of Masech Babakama, and the Mishnah is going to talk about the responsibility of children of the Gazlan to return that which their father had stolen. The Gemara is going to talk about if a third party consumes the stolen item, who pays the Nigzal back? Is it the Gazlan that pays the Nigzal back, or is it the third party that pays the, uh, the Nigzal back? Meaning, uh, Shimon steals from Ruvain, and Shimon has this item. Levi just walks into Shimon's house and eats it. So can Ruvain go, ba- go to Levi to get paid back, because he's the one that consumed it, or does he go to Shimon to get, to get paid back? Then the Gemara is going to have a machlokas amuraim, where the Yorshim are required to return a gazela if they, of, of their father if they still have it. So the father stole something, and the Yorshim still have it in their house do they have to return it or do they say no we're Yarshim it's not our responsibility to return it there's been Yeyush there's been Shida Rishos so it's not our responsibility so that's going to be the final discussion of the daf. So let's begin again at the two dots on daf kuf yudam and beis. The Mishnah said that if the gazlan 
pays ba- the money to the Anshe Mishmar, and, uh, and, and, and then he uh, dies uh, before he's able to bring the Korban. So the Yorshim are not able to get that money back from the Anshe Mishmar. So it must be that giving the Kesef alone achieves some level of Kapara. Because if it didn't achieve some level of Kapara, because if it didn't achieve some level of Kapara, then the Yorshim should be able to demand the money back. Why? My time, I'll dust that he's not going to get any kapara. The Gazla never would have given the money to the Kohanim. He was only giving it to the Kohanim, assuming that that's going to help him achieve kapara. So it must be that, uh, that it does achieve some level of kapara, because had it not achieved some level of kapara, the Yorsh would have a taina to get that money back, since, uh, since uh, the, the, the father never intended to give that money without getting any uh, any any kapara. So uh, Tosus writes based on this that the Kohanim are not able to be mochel the gazlan on the castle. Forget forget about a case where we're talking about where the gazlan dropped dead, uh, and uh, and it's about whether the Yorshim can get the money back. If you're going to assume that Kesef is mechaper mechza, that the Kesef has a mechaper role over here, so uh, says Tosvos in a regular case where uh, where the guy is still, the Goslin is still alive and he uh, and and he pay, tries to pay back the Kohanim, the Kohanim do not have a right to be mochel the money to the Goslin because mechila is a din in dine mamanis. This is kapara. He needs this for for kapara. Pnei Yeshua explains that even though uh, the entire chiyuv of Returning the Karen of the Gazlan that uh, is Nishpal Sheker is considered like a Kapara, still the Nigzal would be allowed to be Mochel. Meaning, if uh, it's, he stole from a Ger and he's paying it back to the Kohanim, so they can't be Mochel. He needs his Kapara. But let's say he didn't steal from a Ger, he stole from another uh, native Jew, and the native Jew is still alive and he's returning the money to the native Jew, to the regular guy, to his friend that he stole from. Can that guy be Mochel? So says, Sure, yeah, he can be mochel. That guy can be mochel, even though kesef serves as a kapara. How do I know it can be mochel? It's a mishnah. The mishnah and Kuf Gimel had said essentially that the guy is able to be uh, to be mochel because since originally the gzela belonged to the nigzal, it's as if he was mekabel the uh, the the uh, the the, uh, the gzela in return and had given it back to the gazlan as a matana. But the kohanim, who were never the owners of that gzela, are not able to be zocha uh, to. To, to give it b'matana to the gazlan, they can only refrain from accepting it, and since uh, the guy needs them to accept it as a kapara, so it's not nitan l'mechilah. Chaznish explains that by Ashavas HaGzela to the Nigzal himself, the chiv is really a chiv mamon. It's just that, the Torah tells us, there's also a kapara that's attached to it. But it's really a chiv mamon. I owe this guy money. When I'm returning to the Kohanim, it's not a chiv mamon at all. It's purely a chiv kapara. It never belonged to the Kohanim. I didn't steal from the Kohanim. So that's purely a din in kapara. So when you have something, says Chazanish, that's, that's fundamentally a chiv mamon, but there's an element of kapara attached to it, so we go with the rules of mamon. And the rule of mamon is, I can be mochel mamon. So therefore, if I'm paying the nigzal himself back, say so he could be mochel, even though there's some element of Kapara. But when it's purely a din of Kapara, says Chaznish, like when I'm paying back to the Kohanim, then we don't go with the rules of Mammon. We go with the rules of 
Kapara. So that's how the Chazanish explains that discrepancy. That uh, even though when I when I'm paying the Nigzal himself back, he can be Mochel. When I'm paying the Kohanim back, like Tosa says over here, they cannot uh, they cannot uh, be be Mochel. So uh, says the Gemara. Elamayato. Whoa, you're going to tell me there's this concept of Adaita Dachilo Yavle that the guy never intended to give the money unless he was going to get Kapara, and therefore if he's not going to get Kapara, the Yoshim should be able to demand the money back. Where else can we apply that concept of Adaita Dachi Lo Yavle Elamayato Chata Shemesu Let's say you have a carbon Chatas that the Bailam of the carbon Chatas dies. Let the carbon Chatas just not be Kodesh anymore. Let it be Chulin. Because Al Das that uh, that he's going to die before it's ever brought as a carbon, he never would have been makdashit. So, uh, should, and yet we know that Allah is that the carbon that a chata shemesu remains with its uh, with its kedusha, and it has to be holy chlemisa. So, amri chata shemesu bala hilchemirla to the misa asla. Enochinami misvara. We would have said a day to dachi. Low oven, but we have a Allah Moshe Misinai that a Chatash Mesabalah has to be uh, has to be left to die. So uh, we uh, so that's a special exception to the rule. So says Mar okay, but let me apply it somewhere else. Elamayata, if you're gonna say this concept of a daitadahi lo yavle when a carbon ashams uh, bailim dies before it's ever brought as a carbon, let it be uh, let it go luchulin. Because al das that he's going to die before they're ever makrovit, he never would have been makdashit. And the din is uh, not that way. We know that you have to wait until it's uh, until it develops a mum. So asham nami yilchus gemirila kol shemachatz meisu ba asham roa. No, it's halachal moshem yisinai that asham is also an exception. That any time you would have a case where a carbon chata would be left to die, the equivalent case by a carbon asham is that it has to graze until it develops a mum, and then you sell it, and then the money goes, leketam is beach. So uh, so that's also an exception to the rule. So essentially we're saying the rule is still adaitadahi lo yavle, that there is such a concept. It's just that we, have, uh, we haven't come up with any applications of that concept yet, because by chatas and by asham, it is Allah uh, Moshe Misinai that those are exceptions to the rule. So it says, well, let's try another application. If a Yavama, a woman whose husband died without having any children, is now facing a Yavam who is a Mukashchin, and he's the one that, uh, that that she's going to be stuck with if he chooses to do Yibum, so she shouldn't even require Chalitza. I'll das that she's going to be stuck with the Mukashchin, she never would have given herself over to Kedushin to the first husband. So she never would have entered into such a marriage had she known she'd, be end, she'd end up with his Mukashchin brother. So is that true? She never would have had, She was married to her husband for 30 happy years of marriage. 40, 50 happy years of marriage. Uh, and she would say, I'd give it all up because the brother's a Mukashchin and now I got to do Chalitza. Uh, is that so obvious that she'd give it all up? So Tulsus points out this is presuming that she never had any suing with the first husband. That she's a Yavam that was Naflam in Erisin. But it, once she had Nisuin with the first husband, it's hard to say that she would give it all up just because right now she's facing that, uh, that challenge. You have a lot of times where people live uh, several happy years and then something tragic occurs. And they'll often say, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for all those happy years that I had, meaning I would do it again. 
because of all the happy years that I had. So you can't, it's hard to know. Although these weren't particularly happy, they didn't have any children. Uh, so it's a tragic situation uh, to begin with. But that's what Tosa says, that it must be that they never had Nisuin. But if they had Nisuin, we can't say Adaita, it's, the Svar is not so compelling that Adaita Dachi Lovit. But still, if they didn't have Nisuin, the Gemara is asking, why don't we say Adaita Dachi Lo? Why do we assume that she even needs chalitza? There's an Anan Sa'adi that she'd be very happy to get married to anybody, even if that means that ultimately she's going to end up with the Mukashchin brother. That women are willing to accept uh, substandard husbands rather than being alone, rather than being an almana. So, uh, so the, the woman would rather enter into a marriage with a husband who has chesronos, such as a Mukashchin brother, even knowing that those chesronos might come back to bite her at some point in her life. Okay, now the Mishnah had said, Nasana Sekesav Lo Yariv, we said that, if you, that when it comes to <coughs> paying back Kesel Ager to the Kohanim, you have to pay the money first and only then bring your carbon asham. So the Mishnah had said, if you give your money to the Mishmar of Yariv, which is the earlier Mishmar, and then the Karban Hashem to the Mishmar of Yedaya, which is the later Mishmar, great, you're Yotze, you did it in the right order. But if you gave your carbon asham to Yehu Yariv and your kesef to Yedaya, which is later Mishmar, so if the uh, asham is still around, let the Bnei Yedaya bring that asham. And if the asham is not around, you're going to have to bring another asham because the kesef must precede the asham. Tanur Rabbanon, so the Bryson records the Machlokas. Nasan asham li Yariv. Let's say you gave the asham earlier, to the earlier Mishmar, the Kesev Yadaya, and the Kesev to the later Mishmar. You did it all wrong, right? You gave the Asham to the earlier Mishmar, the Kesev to the later Mishmar. So we know that, uh, that the, the, uh, the Kesev is going to have to come first, um, and the, uh, the Mishmar that, that, that brings the Karban is going to have to first receive the Kesev. But which Mishmar wins over here? Who gets the Kesev? So Yaksa Kesev Eitzel Asham Divra Biyudah. Biyudah says let the, uh, the Kesev go back Back to the Mishmar that has the Asham. Meaning, let the, the, the people of the later Mishmar give the Kesef to the people of the earlier Mishmar. They will have now received that Kesef, and then the Mishmar Yoyar of the earlier Mishmar could bring the Karban Asham. No, Yaksar Asham Esel Kesef. Let the members of the earlier Mishmar give the Karban to the members of the later Mishmar who've already received the Kesef. Now they'll receive the Karban and they'll be able to bring the Karban. So it's a question of which Mishmar is Kafuf to who? So, so what exactly is the case where they're having this machlokas? If the you gave the kesef to Yoyariv, the asham rather to Yoyariv, when it was their turn, their mishmar, and then you waited a week, and then you gave the kesef to Yadaya, well then So why would Rabbi Yudah hold that the mishmar of Yadaya would have to give the money back to Yoyariv? They 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 uh, they. They didn't do anything wrong by receiving the kesef, so it's obvious that uh, the mishmar of Yehudaya Yo- 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 should have the upper hand because they did nothing wrong by receiving that kesef. 
the Mishmar of Yoyariv, they did something wrong. They should never have accepted that asham before the money was given. So they should be the ones to give up that asham to the later Mishmar. So there wouldn't be a machlokas if that was the case. If you gave the asham first during the Mishmar of Yoyariv to Yoyariv, and the Kesef a week later during the Mishmar of Yadaya to Yadaya, then it's obvious that Yadaya is going to win. There's no one that would say that uh, that Yadaya has to give up that money. So no, that's not the case. The case is as follows. You gave the carbon to Yoyariv during their Mishmar. So they already did wrong. They should not have accepted that Asham. They should have said, as you tried to give them that Asham, they should have said, wait, did you give back the Kesef yet? The uh, Kesef comes before the Asham. So they did wrong by accepting that Asham. And then you gave the Kesef Liyadaya Bimishmarto Yoyarif. It was still the Mishmar of Yoyarif, and for some reason you gave the money to Yadaya. Maybe because there were a few requirements in Yadaya and you wanted to shove a proof of each other. For whatever reason, you gave the money to Yadaya. So they also did something wrong because they should have said, it's not our turn. We can't take this money. It's Yoyarif's turn. So now who has to be cough of two? Who has to give up? They both did something wrong. So Rebidah suffered Kivin to love Mishmar to Yadayi, the Yadayi can't see the light. Rebidah says, We make a Kanas on Yadayi because they had no business taking money when it wasn't their turn. Hilkach Yaksar Kesavesh Lashem. Therefore, the Mishmar of Yadaya has to give the Kesav to the Mishmar of Yoyariv. For abundance, I have a Shalokadin, who have a Bnei Yoyariv, that the Bnei Yoyariv did something wrong by taking the carbon before the Kesav was ever paid. So they're the ones that we make a Kanas on. And let the Bnei Yoyariv give the carbon Hashem to the Bnei Yadaya, and let the Bnei Yadaya bring that carbon. So that's a simple reading of our Gemara. That's the way Rashi reads our Gemara. The Rambam in Perish explains the Machlok Shabid and the Chabim in a case where the Gazlan gave the Kesef to the Mishmeris of Yoyariv when it was the Mishmeris of Yedaya's turn. And then he gave the Asham to the Mishmeris of Yedaya when it was the Mishmeris of Yedaya's turn. Meaning he changes the whole case. That the Kesef was indeed given before the uh, before the, uh, the the asham, but it was uh, it was given to different mishmaros. That according to Yehuda, they made a knas on Yehoyariv because they took money when it wasn't their turn, and therefore they have to give up that money. And according to the Chum, made a knas of Yedaya because they took an asham from a gazlan before he ever gave the kesef, and therefore they're the ones that have to give the asham to the bnei Yoyariv. That's how the Rabbin Perishim Shais understands it. But again, we'll understand that the. Way, uh, the way the way the simple reading of the Gemara, the way Rashi understands it. Okay, so now the Gemara brings three different prices that seem to work within Shitas Rabbi Yudah. Again, Rabbi Yudah is one that said that uh, that 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 the, the Mishmar that received the Kesef should give up that money and give it to the Mishmar that received the Asham. So Tanya Amarebi Lidivir Rabbi Yudah. According to Rabbi Yudah, that if you give the Asham to Yoyariv and the Kesef to Yedaya during the Mishmar of Yoyariv, so the Knas is on the Bnei Yedaya. They need to return the money to Yoyariv. So in Kadmu Bnei Yoyariv, Krivos Asham, if the Bnei Yoyariv jumped the gun and before the Bnei Yedaya ever received the money, um, uh, the, uh, they, they, they already brought the Asham. So this Asham was brought before the money was ever paid and therefore it's an invalid Asham. Then another Asham is going to have to be brought and the Bnei Yedaya are going to be the ones to bring that Asham because they're the ones that 
that uh, that received the kesef. So even though according to Rabbi Yehuda we make a kenasa on the bnei Yodaya, that they have to give the money back to the bnei Yoriv, that's only when the asham is still around, where the bnei Yoriv could receive the money and then bring the asham. But if the asham is not around, you're going to bring, need to bring a new asham. So the only thing that's still intact is the kesef. So wherever the kesef is, that's where you bring the new the new asham. The and the bnei will be zochah and the asham that they already have. So I mean, my chazi, what do you mean they'll be zochah? The whole carbon was puzzled. Asham puzzled who? They were zochah. The bnei yoyarev brought this carbon asham. So we're saying we're saying the bryce says, ah, they're zochah mashabi adam. It was totally puzzled. They're not zochah in anything. Some rava la'ora. They are zochah because they get to keep the or of that carbon. Because the halacha is, even though it's puzzled and you're not allowed to eat the basar of the carbon, because the carbon puzzled, you can't eat the basar, the or is mutabana. So that's what the bryce is saying that the bnei yoyarev at least get to keep the or of that uh, of that carbon. So in the, in the maskana over here, uh, it's clear that according to Rabbi Yehuda, if the bnei yoyarev brought the carbon asham before they received the kesef, so the gazan has to bring another asham, and the bnei yoyarev uh, will be zochah in the or of the first asham. However, the gemara does not say what would the chachamim who disagree with Rabbi Yehuda say in this case. Meaning the the machlokes Rabbi Yehuda and the chachamim was where the original asham was still intact. So it was about who, who does the asham go to the place where the money is? Does the money go to the place where the asham is? And and now this price is telling us. And if the asham was ready, who What would Rabbi Yehuda say? Well, if the asham was ready, hukrav. What would the rabbanon say? It doesn't. The, the gemara doesn't say. So the rabbit writes that according to the chamim, that uh, the bnei yoyarev um, should give the asham to yedaya if they still have it. So uh, it didn't accomplish anything by bringing makriv the uh, the carbon early, and therefore they're not even zocha ba'oro. It's only according to Rabbi Yehuda that the asham that the bnei yoyarev are entitled to keep that asham, and the only thing they made, they made a mistake on was a timing issue that they were makrovit too early. Ah, so Rabbi Yudu will say, so they get to keep the or, because they were entitled to that ashram to begin with. But the Rabbanan would say they never would have been entitled to keep that ashram. They really should give the ashram to the Bnei Yadaya. The Bnei Yadaya should have never had that ashram. Then they're not even Zohar Ba'oro. They do not get to keep the or. That's how the Ravid says. Another b'risa within Shittas Rabbi Yudah. Tanya, Amar Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah, Imkayim Asham, if the Asham is still around, and the Bnei Yoyarev have not been makrovit, Yaksir Asham Eitzel Kesef. So let the Bnei Yoyarev give the Asham to the Bnei Yadaya, where the, uh, where the Kesef is. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, the Rabbi Yehuda Yaksir Kesef Eitzel Asham Eitzel That's exactly the opposite of what Rabbi Yehuda said. Rabbi Yehuda said that the, give, that the Bnei Yadaya need to give up the money to the Bnei Yoyarev. So it says, no, and the Bryce is talking about the, the, uh, the Mishmar of Yoyarev ended and uh, they never asked, they were never, they, they never asked the Mishmar of Yadaya to give them the money. And Rebbe is being mechadesh that in such a case where the Bnei Yoyarev never demanded the money from the Bnei Yoyadaya till after the Mishmar was over, that's a simon that they were mochel the money to the Bnei Yadaya, and therefore they need to give the Asham to the Bnei Yadaya. So even though Rebbe Yudin normally holds that if you give the Asham to the Yoyarev and the Kesef to Yadaya, Yadaya needs to give up that money to, to Yoyarev, but if Yoyarev was mochel the money, then Yoyarev has to give the Asham to Yadaya. 
Tiny idach, a third price within Shittas Rabbi Yehuda. Amir Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, im kaim Hashem. If the Hashem is still around, that was given to Yo Yarev. Yaksar Kesef eats al Hashem. The Yedaya gives back, gives the money to the uh, to, to Yo Yarev. Says Mar Pshita, Hachi Yisleih. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Rabbi Yehuda had said. Meaning, uh, what, what are you adding that I don't already know? So Hachameiskinon kigon dinafik mishmartem dahani udahani. Now this price is telling us what if the mishmar of Yo Yarev is already over and. And, uh, and they, they still have the Ashab, and the Mishra of Yedai is over, and they still have the money. Velotavu, and neither the Bnei Yoyarev asked for the money from the Bnei Yedaya, nor did the Bnei Yedaya ever ask the Bnei Yoyarev for the Ashab. So nothing was done. Meaning the, the Ashab was, was given to the Bnei Yoyarev, the money was given to the Bnei Yedaya, and neither of them did anything about it. The Ashab still hasn't been brought, and they're both already finished in the base of Mikdash. They're already on to the next Mishmar. So Maudetema. I might have assumed that the two Mishmaras are Mochel one to the other, and therefore the uh, Kesef should remain in the hands of Yedaya and the Asham in the hands of Yoyariv. So Kamashmalan, that's why it tells me that since the Bnei Yedaya were not Toveya the Asham when it was their turn, so the din of Rabbi Yehuda goes back to its original din, that the Bnei Yedaya would give the money to the Bnei Yoyariv. I, what are the Bnei Yoyariv going to do? It's already not their turn anymore in the, uh, in the, in the uh, in, in the base of Migdash. So they're not able to be Makrovit, the Hadru Bresha. They should simply wait till it becomes their turn again, and at that point they should bring the Karban Hashem. So they need to hang on to this Karban Hashem until the, it cycles around and it becomes their turn again, and that's when they're going to bring this, uh, this Karban Hashem. Mishnah Melch says they can't bring it at a time that's, uh, that's that, uh, right now, after their Mishmar is over and Yadai is over, because uh, the Mishmar whose turn it is could prevent them from bringing a carbon. Mishra Melch wonders, though, that normally we have a halacha, that a Kohen could be makr of his own carbon at any time. I mean, if a Kohen has a carbon, he could walk into the base of Mikdash even when it's not his Mishmar's turn and say, I'm bringing the carbon today. So why can't they do that? So Mishra Melch is not sure is not sure about that. Okay, so now Mishnah said, that you got to pay back the money before the Asham is brought. So immediately, how do I know that that's the Seder Advarim, that the money needs to be paid back, paid back before the Asham is brought? It sounds like the Kesef comes first. How do I know that? Because the word Milvad sounds like it means before. It means Lefne. So one of the Rabbanon said to Rava, really, the word Milvad means Lefne? What do you do with the following Pasuk? Milvad Olas HaBoker Asher Lolas HaTemitasuas Ela Sachinami Mechaldu Masaf and Bresha does it mean that the Musaf is Milvado Lasaboker? It's before the carbon Tamin Shal Shachar? We know that's not true. Vatanya, the Bryson tells us, You're not allowed to bring anything before the Tamin Shal Shachar. How do I know that? Because the Pasuk says, that the Tamil Shachar is what starts off, what kicks off all the Karbonos Ayom of any given day. So there's no way the Karbon Musaf is brought before the Karbon Tamil Shachar. But if you touch the word Milvad to mean Lefnei, 
then it seems to be telling me that the carbon Musaf is brought first. So Amalei, so Rabbi says, no, no, that's not where I got the idea that the money has to come first. It's not from the word milvad. I'm darshaning from the hemshik of the Pasuk. It says, Asher Yechaper Bo in Eloshon Asid, and not Asher Keeper Bo in past tense. If the carbon Hashem came before the Kesef, it should have said, Milvad Ela Kippurim Asher Keeper Bo, that he already had a Kapara. But it says, Asher Yechaper Bo, that the carbon is going to come after the money. So that's my drasha. It's not from the word Milvad. So we said, Nazlan Sakaran, if you paid up the Karen, you just didn't pay up the Chomesh, so the Chomesh is not Ma'akiv. You're still able to bring the uh, carbon Asham and get your Kapara with that carbon Asham, and you'll pay the Chomesh later. So uh, now the Gemara connects this to the din of Mi'ila, because by Mi'ila we also have a Chiv to pay back the money to add a chomesh, and to bring a carbon. So do you have the same seder advarim? Money must come first, then the carbon, and that the chomesh is not ma'akev. So tan minayin, if a person uh, brings his money for the mi'ila, but he has not yet brought the uh, the, the carbon asham, asham of lo evi mi'ilaso shlo yotza that he's uh, that he's not yotze yuschi if he doesn't get a kapara tamlom bel asham lisachlo. So we darshan el is reverence the carbon ha'asham is the karen. So only after you bring both in lisachlo, you can't get a kapara until you do both pieces. And how do I know that if you do the carbon first before the money, you're not Yotze? It means the, the Asham has already been, uh, that, 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 uh, that, and Asham ironically means the Karen, it means the money is, has already been paid. So, uh, so I might think that just like the carbon, the Ayel, which means the carbon, is a little confusing. Asham means the money, right? That just like the ayl and the asham are ma'akiv the kapara, so to the chomesh is ma'akiv the kapara. Tamlam bel asham nisachlo. Ayl v'asham ma'akivim behegdish vein chomesh ma'akiv. That the ayl and the asham are ma'akiv your kapara uh, for mi'ila, but the chomesh is not ma'akiv your kapara. V'yilmat hegdish mehediot. And we can learn the din of mol behegdish from the din of gezalager. Vehediot mehegdish. And we can learn some of the din of gezalager from mi'ila. Hegdish mehediot. What do I learn about uh, about uh, Mi'ila from Gezelager? That Ma Asham Dahasam, just like the Asham that, that, that it mentions in Gezelager, is not a reference to the carbon, but rather Karen. It's a reference to money. So, too, when in, in the Parsha Mi'ila, when he uses the term Asham, Karen, it means Karen. And that's the drasha we've been making. That's how we've derived from the Psokim. Vehediot mehegdish, and I learned Gezlager from Mi'ila in the following sense. Mahegdish in Chomish Ma'akev, just like by Mi'ila the Chomish is not Ma'akev the Kapara, Afhediot Nami in Chomish Ma'akev. So too, by Gezlager the Chomish is not Ma'akev the Kapara. So in both the case of Mi'ila and in the case of Gezlager, you need to pay before you bring the Karban, but the Chomish is not you need to pay the Karen before you bring the carbon, and we know it because we look at the Pesukim carefully, and the Pesukim use the word Asham, but the word Asham in both contexts means money, and it seems clear from the Pesukim that the money needs to come first, but the Chomesh does not need to come first. The Chomesh could come at the very end, at the very end. Hadrilach HaGozel and we now move on to the tenth and final Tarek of the Sachs HaGozel Machil, or what's commonly called HaGozel Basra, since the last two Prakim are both called Hagozel, so we call this Hagozel Basra. So it says the Mishnah, Hagozel 
Someone stole some food and he feeds it to his children. Or he dies and uh, they yarsh in the food. The children do not have to pay back that, uh, they don't have to pay for, uh, for the food that their father had stolen. But if the stolen item was karka and it's something that everyone knows, everyone uh, will, recognizes it and realizes that it belonged to someone else, so then then for the covenant of their father, they have to pay it back because everyone's always going to be looking. What are these kids doing in this property? This property was stolen by their good for nothing father who was a god of it. So it's just going to be uh, for covenant of the end, they're going to have to return back something that's so clear and so bolate that everyone's going to recognize didn't really belong to their father. But if it's food and they just ate it or they still have it, that they don't have to return. It's not their responsibility to pay back their father's gzela. So it says, If a guy stole food and the bailim did not give, did not give up hope of retrieving it, and then a third party came and ate that food. So again, Shimon steals food from Ruvain, and then Levi comes and eats the food. He walks into Shimon's house and eats it. Who owes Ruvain the money? Is it the person who took it from Ruvain? Or is it the person who ate it and therefore made it uh, irretrievable? So Ratzamizagov, Ratzamizagov, whoever Ruvain feels it's easier to collect from, he can collect from. He's allowed to collect from whichever one. My time, why is it that he's allowed to collect from the third party? After all, it's Shimon who stole it from him. So long as Ruvain didn't have Yeyush, it's still considered to be in his Rishus. So when Levi walked into Shimon's house and ate it, it's as if Levi stole it straight from Ruven because it was still in Ruven's Rishos. So the Gemara asks, son of Christa, uh, that it's against our Mishnah. We said that if someone steals and he feeds his children the, the, the food, the children do not have to pay back. So apparently you're not Mechaev, a third party, who, who ate the stolen food uh, from, from, uh, to pay back. As uh, so Rav Christa said that the third party uh, could have to pay back to Yuftad Rav Christa. So I'm like Rav Christa. No, simple answer. The Mishnah is talking about where it was after Yeush. So once there was Yeush and then the third party got it, then in Echinami, the, the uh, Nigzal cannot retrieve it from the third party. The Brysa was talking about where there was no Yeush. So then the Nigzal has the choice to either get it back from the person who took it from him, or to get it back from the person who actually, uh, who actually ate it. So Tosis points out that according to this, uh, when the Mishnah says, machil, it's lavdafka, because even if they didn't eat it, you just gave it to them, and it's still be'en, they'd be potter, because they were kona be'yeyush and shinu rishos, meaning it doesn't have to be that you actually fed it to the children, that the gazan actually fed it to his children, as long as he gave it to his children, so that's a shinu rishos already. So once you have yeyush and shinu rishos, they have no responsibility to return so now the Gemara discusses what happens if the if the item that was stolen is still be'en, the Yorshim still have it. So do they have to give back that item itself? So if the father left the gzela for the children, he didn't feed it to them, it's still there. The Yorshim do not have to pay it back. So we have to explain why, why not, meaning I have something that doesn't belong to me, I know exactly who it belongs to, why well, don't I have to give it back to the person that it belongs to? So Amr 
Rabbi Bachama Zosa Meris, you see from here, says Rabbi Bachama, Rushus Yoresh, Kurushus Lokech Dami. That when someone yarshin something, it's as if they had purchased it. So just like the Allah is, that when there's Yeush and Shinu Rushus, the Lokech is Kona, meaning if, uh, if uh, Shimon steals from Ruvain, and then Shimon turns around, and, and Ruvain is Miyaish, and then Shimon turns around and sells it to Levi, Levi is the rightful owner of it, it's a Yeush and a Shinu Rushus. So yeah, Shimon may owe Ruvain a lot of money, but Levi is the rightful owner. He's kona with the Shina Rishos. So to Yorish is going to be kona with the Yayush and Shina Rishos. That's Rabbi Barchama's opinion. Rava Amar, Rishos Yorish, Lav Rishos Lokeach, Dami. That a Rishos Yorish is not the same as Rishos Lokeach. And therefore, if you have an item that your father stole and you know who that item belongs to, you must give that item back. And when our Mishnah says that the children are not responsible to pay it back, it's talking about because the children already consumed it. It's not around anymore. But if it's still around, of course they have to pay it back. So ask the Gemara on Rava, but the safe of the Mishnah says, that if they, it was Karka that the father had stolen and left for them, then they'd have to pay it back. Sounds like even in the case of the Reisha, we're talking about where the Gzela is still around, and the whole chilek between the Reisha and the safe of when the children don't have to pay it back, and when the children do have to pay it back, is, are my dealing with Metalton or am I dealing with Karka? That if it's Metalton that's still around, the Yorshim don't have to pay it back, but if it's Karka that's still around, the Yorshim do have to pay it back, and that's against Rava because Rava thinks even Metaltalin that's still around they have to pay back. So Rava, Rava would respond, Hachikamar. No, what it means is that if the father left over any karkaos in his estate, then they have to pay the chovos of their father from the karkaos um, that uh, that were meshubad to the nigzal. But not, it's not about the item itself. Of course, if they still have the item itself, they have to pay it back. But what the Chiddush of the Sefer is, even if they don't have the item anymore, but the father left Karka, all that Karka is Meshubah to pay back the Nigzal. So, but that's not the way Rebbe taught our Mishnah. That's not how Rebbe said what our Mishnah means. That Rebbe taught, that the, the, when it says Karka at the end of the Mishnah, it's not Stam talking about Karka because there's a Chrayus and therefore you have to pay back a Nigzal from the Karka. No. The, the Sefer of the Mishnah means that if, there's, if the father left over a stolen item that is recognizable, Karka, Metalton, I don't care, as long as it's recognizable, then the children have to pay it back. If it's a para that you, you plow with, it's a donkey that does donkey things that, uh, you know, that, 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 you, that, uh, you know, that everyone realizes doesn't belong to these people that the father had stolen. They have to return because of the covenant of their father. So you see, the way Rebbe touched up the Mishnah is that the Seifa is not just I'm telling me a halach about a chayis The Seifa is telling me that if it's be'en and everyone sees it and everyone's going to realize it, you have to pay it back. Which implies that the Reisha is talking about metaltolin. That's also be'en that you still have. It's just not as public. It's not something that everybody sees. And then you don't have to pay it back. And that's against Rava, because Rava had said, if you still have it, and you know who it belongs to, I don't care if it's public, private, whatever, you've got to give it back. So that's against the way Rebbe touched up our Mishnah. Ella Amar Rava, Rava says, I know how Rebbe touched up our Mishnah. 
But Kishachimna, when I die, Rabbi Oshaya Nafik Levasi, Rabbi Oshaya is going to come to greet me, the Teritzim Asnisa Kavasei, because I touched up our Mishnah to be just like he taught in a Brisa, and he's going to be so grateful for me for perpetuating his teachings. The Tanya Rabbi Oshaya, Gozel Machlis Banach, that if someone steals and, and feeds his children, Peturim then he doesn't, have, the Yoshim don't have to pay it back. But he Niachlifleim, Gzele Kayemes, Chayav. But if the item is still intact, then they do have to. To pay it back. If it's not intact, they're potter. But if you left them karkaos, so where there's a chayis nechasim, then they do have to pay it back. This is uh, this concept that when I die, he's going to come and greet me. That's uh, highlighted by a number of the svarim. Sev Chasidim writes that any tzaddik that spends time and energy being mefarish another tzaddik, like an amora that's being mefarish divrei tana, when he dies, that tana is going to come be mekabel him in Ganeden uh, to, uh, to, to encourage him. The Ramban writes in the Molchamos on Babakami, he says, that uh, the Ramban writes in one place where he defends the Rif from the attack of the Balamar, that uh, he felt good about his defense of the, uh, and he says, I know that because of this, the Rif is going to greet me up, up in uh, Shemaim. Even the Shach writes in uh, one place in Chosh Mishpat, he says, says, that I'm sure that the Balei Mishnah and Gemara are going to come to greet me because I was able to be metarate that which, uh, that which they, they, they said. Peliyowitz is medayik, that's not only the Olam Ha'emes, that even while you're here, uh, the tzaddikim up in Shemayim are going to be a melitz yosher for the people here who spend time trying to be, uh, trying to be miyashif, that which they said. So it's all based on this Gemara. So anyway, Amar Mar, we had said that Eina Gzele Kemz Peturin, that if the Gzele is not around, then they don't have to pay it back. Name it Havetiyot with the Rav Chisa, isn't that a Tiyot on Rav Chisa? Because Rav Chisa said that if there was Gezel and the Bible was not miyayish, and then a third party came and ate it, you could collect it from whoever you want. So it sounds like you're allowed to collect it from the third party, even though it's not here anymore. So I'm like Rav Chista, Kitanehi, Lachar Yeyush. Yeah, that's talking about Bryce, it's talking about after Yeyush. And then Rav Chista is going to be Moda, that the second guy is not considered to be Gozel from the Bailim, because it was already uh, Yotzimir Shuso uh, through the Yeyush. But if it was, there was no Yeyush, that's when you could co- go collect it from the third party. Okay, but from tomorrow, we'll pick up with Amar Mar at the bottom. Everyone have a wonderful day.